All right, so I, uh, I recently read about a dad in Florida who um, over Christmas break took his seven-year-old daughter to Disney World for the first time, and she headed straight for Space Mountain. Good choice, right? Now, he, he was worried that this ride might be a little too scary for her, but she insisted. So she wrote it. She loved it. She wrote it again. She loved it, wrote it again. Okay, so she was excited about it. Well, the next year, next year over Christmas break, they returned to the Magic Kingdom, and, and his daughter, now eight years old, again, dragged her dad immediately she dragged her dad over to Space Mountain. And so while they were standing in line, he noticed that she was looking at, at the sign describing, you know, all the warnings about the ride. And after a few moments, she said, you know, Dad, I don't think I want to go on this ride. And so he asked her, why would you be nervous when you enjoyed this ride so much last year? And she replied, well, this year I can read. <laughs> <laughs> You know, isn't that a vivid picture of how fear works in our lives? I mean, fear takes the information we see and we read and we hear, and then it uses that against us. It uses that to rob us of life and joy. You know, when I look at our society today, when I think about the conversations that I have with people and, and I hear what they're wrestling with, one of the biggest, the biggest issues people face today is fear. Fear of a terrorist attack, fear of a stock market collapse, fear of the electrical grid going down, fear of cancer, fear of being alone, fear of rejection, fear of losing control, fear of the future. I mean, whatever fears we wrestle with, these fears end up robbing us of life. Just like that little girl at Disney World, our fears keep us from experiencing joy in life. So, so what do we do with our fear? And what does that question have to do with Christmas? Well, when we think about the Christmas story, the events and the themes involved in the birth of Jesus, we often think of words like peace and, and hope and, and joy. In fact, we've been looking at each one of these words over the last few weeks in our worship services in, this, in the Advent series. And then they are certainly key themes in the Christmas story. But when we look afresh at the Christmas story as described in Luke chapters 1 and 2 and in Matthew chapter 1 in the New Testament, we realize there is another word that frequently surfaces in the lives of people who are involved in this story. And that word is fear. Most everyone involved in the events surrounding Jesus' birth experienced fear. Zachariah, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, all experience fear. And in every one of these situations, God speaks directly to their fear. He tells each one of these people the same thing. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And that's his message to us as well. Do not be afraid. You and I don't have to be a prisoner to fear. God wants us to live in freedom from fear. And here's the best news of all. He has provided a way for that to happen. It is not through willpower. It is not through discipline. It is not through positive thinking or, or self-talk or whatever. No, God reveals to us that there is one, one antidote for fear. He tells us this antidote in 1 John 4, verse 18. Look at this verse with me. In fact, read this with me. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. See, the antidote to fear is love, but not just any love. The antidote to fear is perfect love. So what exactly is perfect love? 
In our society today, you know, love is such a nebulous, ethereal concept. You know, in, in a country song, you know, perfect love is described in terms of moonlight dancing and tight blue jeans, right? Um, in, in every single Hallmark Christmas movie we watch, perfect love is de depicted as snow falling and, and drinking hot cocoa with this wonderful person that we just fell in love with. Now, now, now while those descriptions, those depictions of love may, may warm our heart, they don't do much in terms of our reality. They don't do much to help us with the fears that we battle. What we need is a love that is permanent, a love that is substantial and real, a love that meets us in the depths of our fears, which brings us to this very significant event that we're celebrating today, the birth of Jesus. You see, Jesus is God's perfect love gift to us. Love has a belly button, okay? Jesus is a real person. He is not a fantasy. He is not a made-up character of fiction. He is not a song lyric or a movie theme. He really happened. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And it is clear in how his birth is described that he is God's perfect love gift given to us. He is the antidote to our fears. The perfect love of Jesus casts out Fear. So how does he do that? What difference does Jesus really make in terms of our fears? Well, look closely with me at the message the angel gives to the shepherds that night when Jesus was born. Remember, when they saw the angel, they were filled with fear. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. See, in this angelic message, we see what perfect love looks like. We see how Jesus offers us a love that, that, nothing, on this, that nothing on this world can offer us. He offers us a love that nothing else on earth can offer us, a, a perfect love that casts out fear. And there are two aspects of this love that make it so unique that I want to highlight here. First, we see here in this passage I just read, we see that Jesus' love is deeply personal. His love is deeply personal. Now, notice this word, Savior. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. See, the, 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 the word Savior implies that there is something we need to be saved from. Now, I mean, even though we are all aware of the evidences of, of the good of humanity, we are also keenly aware of our capacity for evil, for hatred, for narcissism, for self-centeredness. Deep down, every one of us knows that there is something broken in us. There's a part of us that feels ashamed of things that we've done. There's a part of us that feels empty. There's a broken part of us that, that hurts people and that exalts ourselves. There's a part of us that looks for life in things that we know won't bring life, but we keep looking there in a, in a bottle or on a computer screen. What we often don't realize is that this broken part of us impacts our ability to have a relationship with God. He is holy. And I know that word holy is kind of um, freaks us out sometimes. Let me substitute a different word here, but it's very similar. He's holy. He is whole. He's whole. God is perfect. He is complete. But we're not whole. We are broken. If, if left on our own, this broken part of us will lead to hopelessness and isolation, and we can't do anything to fix this. 
Education, technology, government money, success, nothing in this world can fix our dilemma. We are broken and separated from God. The only way, the only way to fix this would be if God would come to us. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He came to our mess. He came into our brokenness. And he gave his life on the cross for us to heal our brokenness. He came to save us from our sins. That's how much he loves you and me. When we open our heart to receive Jesus, he lifts our shame. He forgives our sin. He adopts us into his family. We are forever his beloved children. Nothing can separate us from this love. Not the rejection of other people, not our own failures, nothing. So Jesus enters into the garbage and the pain and the shame of our lives, and he brings his perfect love. And that perfect love drives out our fear of rejection, our fear of being alone, our fear of not being enough. Jesus is enough and more. Every one of us here longs for that kind of love, to be loved in that way, to be loved just the way we are. And Jesus offers you and me that kind of love. It's a perfect love. It's personal love. Now, not only is Jesus' love deeply personal, Jesus' love is amazingly powerful. The angel tells the shepherds that this baby is Christ the Lord. Now, that word Lord is very significant. This is no ordinary baby. This baby is God in the flesh, the Lord of creation, the Lord of the universe. His name is above every name. The prophet Isaiah tells us that the nations are a drop in the bucket compared to him. He put the stars in place. He, he, the, the entire universe he holds in his hand. I mean, this is the God who came to us in the person of Jesus. I mean, when, when, and when Jesus was on earth, he calmed the sea, right? He cast out demons. He, he healed the blind. I mean, he is a loving Lord, which means that his love is more powerful than we can ever imagine. His love is more powerful than we can imagine. There is nothing we face that is bigger than he is or that is more powerful than he is. So when we know that kind of love, suddenly our fears about the future, our fears about the economy or terrorism or the unknown, our fears about all that, suddenly those fears dissipate. They dissipate because we know our lives are in the hands of the one who holds the universe in place. This past summer, my family was um, traveling back um, from Dallas, a wedding in Dallas. And we, had, we, had, we were on the plane. We had taxied out to the runway, right? And we were getting ready to get in line or whatever. And then the captain got on um, with the, the, you know, the dreaded announcement, right? Um, he said, we, we are unable to, to, to leave because of a thunderstorm in Denver. So we're stuck here in this position for at least 30 minutes. So just sit back and relax. Yeah, right. Okay. Now, now most people, most people would probably not be bothered by that. Um, but for me, this started to trigger some, some fear and some anxiety. I'm on this plane that's not moving, and I cannot get off. You know, that there is no way for me to get out of here, right? I could feel the anxiety just rising in me because we're not moving anywhere, not going anywhere. Um, and that feeling of being trapped and out of control. So I, I could feel this rising, and Raylene was talking to the, the woman next to her. And so in that moment, I, I grabbed my earbuds, and I searched on my iTunes playlist for a particular song that has helped me in other times like this. It's called It Is Well, and the chorus says this, through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, through it all, through it all, 
it is well. And then there is this line. So let go my soul and trust in him. The waves and wind still know his name. The waves and wind still know his name. It's a reference to Jesus calming the storm. And so I started listening to that song over and over and over again, just reminding my soul that Jesus is my loving Lord. He's got this. He is with me. Nothing can separate me from his love. In the midst of my anxiety, Jesus calmed my storm. His love washed over me and reminded me, I can relax in him because the waves and the wind, they still know his name. Now, I don't know, I don't know what fear you are facing today, but I do know that Jesus' love is bigger than that fear. His love is bigger than that fear. He invites you to open your heart afresh to him. Maybe it's the first time you've ever done that. Or maybe you've known Jesus for a long time, but he wants you to experience his love in a deeper way in the midst of your fear. That's what he offers you and me. His love is bigger than, than our fear of rejection. It's bigger than our fear of failure. It's bigger than our fear of the future. Now, some of you may be thinking, but what if something bad does happen to me? To us? What if something bad happens to one of my children? What if I lose my job? What if my fears come true? Even then, his love is with us. See, Jesus' love doesn't change our circumstances. Even in the most difficult of circumstances, even in the most painful situations like we just saw in the video earlier, Stetson's video, Jesus' love is a constant. Not because we're hanging on to him, but because of how he is hanging on to us. See, that's the kind of God he is. I love how the Apostle Paul says this in Romans 8. I'd like to read this from the, the message paraphrase, but listen to these words. Do you think that anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. See, how has Jesus embraced us? as Savior and as Lord. Let his perfect love, his deeply personal and incredibly powerful love cast out your fear and draw near to you in the midst of your grief. Now, before we pray, I want to take a moment and we're going to light the Christ candle, which is the center candle in the Advent wreath. You know, a candle is such a beautiful picture. It's a symbol of Christ's presence and love in our lives. A, a lit candle brings warmth. It brings light into darkness. And that's exactly what Jesus loved us. So don't be afraid. Let the light and the warmth of Jesus' love into those places of fear, into those places of darkness and hopelessness and grief. You, you can trust him. You can trust him.
So let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for coming to us to help us experience perfect love. It was out of our reach apart from you. We're so grateful for who you are. Thank you for this perfect love that casts out our fear. And we thank you, first of all, that you're in your perfect love. You are a savior. You're a savior. And I want to just, you can keep your head bowed here, everyone. I just want to stop for a moment and give an invitation here to experience Jesus as savior. You know, one of the biggest misconceptions people have about a relationship with Jesus is, is believing that you have to clean up your life in order to come to him. That you have to clean up, you know, clean up your life and get your, you know, hopefully then he'll accept you. That's, that's, not, how, that's not how you get to Jesus. The way into a relationship with Jesus is just by admitting you need him, admitting you're broken and that you need a savior and placing your trust in him. And there are some of you here, maybe you've never done that. What a perfect time to do that on Christmas Eve. So let me lead you in a prayer where you receive Jesus into your brokenness, into your pain, into those messy areas of your life. He, he, his love can fill those places and he can forgive your sin. So if you've never done that, pray with me in the silence of your heart. Dear God, I acknowledge that you are whole. You are holy and I'm not I do, I've done my own thing. I've, I've, you know, I've lived my life apart from you. It has not been pretty. And I realize my sin separates me from you. But I don't want to be separated from you. And even though there was nothing I could do to get to you, you came to me. You came to earth. You lived a perfect life. And then, Jesus, you died on the cross in my place. You took my brokenness. You took the penalty I should have paid. You took that upon yourself by dying for me. Thank you. And I choose right now to place my trust in you. I, give, I, I bring to you all my failures and my sins and my doubts and questions and fears. I just bring it all to you. And I place it all upon you, Jesus. And now in exchange for all of that, I receive your life. I receive your presence, your forgiveness, the very, your very spirit living in me. Come live in me. Change me from the inside out through the power of your love. And God, I want to pray for anyone who prayed that prayer. Help them grow now in this amazing relationship with you. Help them grow in their experience of your love. And I pray for all of us. I pray for all of us, Lord, that we would experience your love in the midst of our fears, your perfect love, wherever we're experiencing fear, your perfect love would come and fill us. Where is that? We need you. We welcome you. We love you. So come, Holy Spirit, pour out your love, cast out our fear. In Jesus' name.